Hello and good morning. I'm Katie Myers, host of the Coffee with Katie and Kick-Ass Women podcast. And I am here to tell you today that podcasting is hard. Really, really hard. One year ago, I decided to create this podcast as, you know, just a fun little side project, a creative outlet, totally casual. Next thing I know, I've spent a few thousand dollars and given up all of my free time. Nights, weekends, you name it, it was gone. So I've been creating content my entire life. I did a ton of research ahead of the launch, and I still found myself shocked with the workload and just everything that went into creating this thing. In starting this new chapter, I knew that I wanted to do an episode on everything that I had learned in hopes to help future podcasters ease into the process and really just let y'all know what it takes to produce this thing and put it together behind the scenes. I knew from my own experience that the struggle was really, 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 really real, but I wanted to get some outside perspective, bring in some other podcasters. So I reached out to my friends, Danae and Renya of the Houston-based Styling Social Justice Podcast, and we got together to compare notes. Before we get into what we discovered, uh, I just got to tell you guys that these ladies are no joke. Danae is also known as the Contessa. She is the co-owner of the Vintage Contessa, which is a luxury designer resale business here in Houston. She's also a wife and mother, an author, a philanthropist, and really a self-proclaimed fashion fanatic. Danae's counterpart, Renya Mancarius, she's the CEO of Crime Stoppers Houston, working tirelessly to make our communities a safer place to live, work, grow, learn, all the above. She is a Boston native with Egyptian roots, a wife, a mother, and a former fashion magazine editor. If you can see where I'm going here, both have that fashion underlying layer that brings them together. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute because they are using that base level to come together, elevate some pretty important conversations about safety and style all at the same time with their podcast. Um, They will introduce themselves and explain a little bit more about that once we get into the podcast. But we all met about Oh my gosh, probably about two months ago at this point at a little shop called Cavo Coffee. Super trendy there in the West University area of Houston, if you're familiar with it. We got together, discussed what we had learned, and came up with five things you need to know before starting a podcast. It was amazing, amazing, amazing to talk to them, discover the overlap between our two experiences. Turns out we had a ton in common. Who would have thought? So within the about 45 minutes that we were able to talk that morning, we got through three of the tips, three of those things in our conversation, but we had to cut it short because all three of us have such busy schedules. So I'll recap all five points at the very end. Um, Until then, guys, it is time. Grab a cup of coffee and join me for Coffee with Katie and the Ladies of Styling Social Justice. Good morning. I'm so excited that you're able to meet me so early with all your other commitments and things that are going on. Um, So I appreciate your time. I kind of wanted to ask you first what styling social justice is and hear that in your own words. In our own words, we have our official tagline, but really in our own words, it's, um, you know, Danae and I 
represent two very different areas. I'm sort of the public safety girl, and Danae is a, a fashion um, forward-thinking trendsetter, you know, loves luxury goods and is always beautifully draped in all of this wonderful stuff where I'm kind of running in with my glasses tilted, <laughs> like talking about the latest crime trend. But what we felt together was that we could create really interesting conversations that were compelling about um, mainstream topics, social justice, fashion, pop culture, and marry all of it together to have an, a compelling message and maybe have parents be like, wow, you know, I learned something today about social media I never knew, or like single women out drinking, like, oh my gosh, did you hear the SSJ podcast? You have to hear what's going on. We just wanted it to be riveting for all. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'd explain it. And one of our guests, Joanna Cole, said it best, women care about mascara and the Middle East. Yeah. And we really wanted to find a way to duplicate what our conversations are with our friends in a format that seems friendly, like what we're doing today. We are having coffee, talking about important things. And when I'm with my girlfriends, we're talking about mascara, the latest bag, and what happened at your child's school when yeah. they're hiding behind a desk because they fear mm-hmm. that there's an active shooter. And that's the reality of where our world has come today. Mm-hmm. And the complexity, we're not totally focused on women, but because we're women, we yeah. feel like we understand more of what women are talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think men are interested in it as well. Yes. And we certainly had these great guests this week. They were the best-looking Texas guys come on and talk about safety and being a manly man in Texas and dressing for the style. So I think it's true across the board that people are interested in both. Yeah, it seems like an unlikely pair for sure, but when you stop down and think about it at any minute, you're concerned about your outfit for the day, and then the next minute, you know, you're taking an emergency call from a family member who may be in crisis, so you really have to prepare yourself for anything, yeah. you know, as a, a just a human being, especially a woman. But um, I am curious to know how the idea came about, how you were like, here we are, these this unlikely pair working in different industries how did the idea to start a podcast come about well um i actually was a guest on another podcast like a year and a half ago and when we were when i was leaving the studio the gentleman who runs the station was like you know you guys you need to start a podcast and have it be like a crime stoppers podcast and i was like no i don't think I really don't think that would be, I mean, I, I love it, but I don't think it would be compelling enough. And, and honestly, the idea of starting a podcast, I was like, there's no way I would know how to do that, manage it, build, there's just no way. So I just said, thank you, but I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and then Danae became really, really active in our on our board and in Crime Stoppers in general. And she pulled me aside one day and she said, you know what? we need to start a podcast. And I was like, wait a minute, if anybody could start a podcast, if anyone can take something from nothing and actually <laughs> build an empire, it's actually Danae. So I said, I would love to do a podcast with you, but I'm being very honest. I don't know how to, st- I have no idea naming it, branding it. I know a studio we can go to, but I don't even know, like, do we rent this? I don't know anything. And she's like, 
don't worry about it. I'm on it. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, fine, you're on it. Haha, <laughs> you know, I'll talk to you in six months. And like two weeks later, she's like, okay, so I have our PR firm lined up. I have a few brand she's ideas. She's got a complete action <laughs> plan. Literally, yeah. literally. And I was like, really? And she's like, yes. So um, I think I was in California at the time. And she's like, so when you come back, we're going to meet with the firm. We're going to do this. I've called the studio. We have da da da. I think the colors will be yellow and black. I have a photo shoot lined up. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh. And 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 then we st- dove into like okay, what do we really call it? What do we want its mission to be? And it just so organically came together and flourish. Um, and yes, it's a lot of work, but it's actually been easy because we because I I mean, I personally love it so much. So I mean, that's how it came together in my mind. And we have such a great rhythm together, and we've talked about how we both have met so many amazing people in our lives, but there was something different about the connection that she and I had together, mm-hmm. and it's such a natural flow, and I think that, to me, is the greatest compliment that we get from people, mm-hmm. is they say, you just evolve the conversation in a way, and we don't read notes, and we mm-hmm. certainly, she does amazing research, and we have a guideline what to go by, but we complete each other's sentences. We were both these women that came from very different backgrounds, but the basis of who we are is completely similar. Mm -hmm. The way we value family and faith and friendship and honor Mm -hmm. and integrity is completely in line. And I feel like it's hard to have that connection with someone else. I've joked with her, I say, I trust your judgment more than (laughs) I do my husband sometimes. And it's hard to find. So I think that that makes us trust one another so much that when she says, I know this person, we should have them on. And I say, I have no idea who they are. She's like, let me tell you about them. I'm like, well, you can, but if you want them on, I trust that that's going to be a good fit. And then we just find a way to look at it. And again, from different sides, Mm -hmm. the guys we had on this week, they're definitely law enforcement and definitely safety, but... They're also these men that own a hat store that dress the part. And it's even when we had Sheriff uh, Ed, Ed Gonzalez, on, yeah. he, we were talking about the look of a man in uniform and what that means and the meaning behind officers' uniforms. How different people interpret it. So it's, it's not, it sounded so much in juxtaposition, but it is such a natural blend mm-hmm. that we've found. It doesn't seem like you're often stepping on each other's toes. You know, when I'm listening to you guys, it seems like you both feel when the other is going to jump in or pick up the slack. It, it seems like a very natural fit, whereas sometimes people can really kind of clash. So. I think that's actually a good point. I, I think one of the things, Danae, are we're very, one, we're very hardworking, both of us. I don't... Um, I mean, we're, we're truly very hardworking. And mm-hmm. that's, I, I, I've, I've said this about Danae, if anyone's going to succeed in life, it's her, because she just won't stop. And I, I find that so respectful. I just love that quality. And my parents have been like that. I'm like that. My sister's like that. But then we also love our families so much and make time for them. Um, but going back to your point, so yes, we're going to work hard, but we're going to be really sensitive to each other. I think when we're when we're actually filming our podcast, I kind of we kind of pause to stare at each other, 
to see like, you know, I remember we, you know, Danae is a devout Catholic and we had Michael Resendez, who's the Boston Globe spotlight journalist that broke, literally broke the story of yeah. the sex abuse scandal on the show. Very and of course I said, are you okay with having him? Are you check with your family, check with your priest? We will never be disrespectful, but are you okay? Let's think of the questions. We don't want it to appear. But, you know, I remember just watching her throughout, just saying, like, okay, is she uncomfortable? Does she look... And, and we can read each other's cues and know, okay, we've gone too far in this area. Let's just tone, let's turn it back, or it's time to wrap up, or she's got something she wants to say, or, you know, I, I had, like, a coughing fit on one... <laughs> I was so sick one week. And I, I actually... I think I listened to that one uh, had this to morning. Hide under yeah. the desk, okay? Under, <laughs> the, under the desk. I had to. I was like... I was like, come here. I mean, dying, and she just... She took it. She totally closed the podcast yes. and, like, finished up the last question, wrapped the whole thing, follow us on social media, bye! Bye! <laughs> well, I'm, like, the under the table, barely yeah. breathing. Yeah. But um, I think one of the things that I can say is I don't need the spotlight. Danae doesn't need the spotlight. But we both will fight and work as hard as possible because we want to be successful. Yeah. What success means might... What does that really mean? I might define it slightly differently. She mm -hmm. might define it slightly differently. But we don't... It's not about, oh, I need four more minutes to talk because she spoke mm -hmm. for five. I've, I don't even think that crosses our mind. But we will, we will do whatever it takes to be, to be, you know, to me, to be riveting, to reach as many people as possible to be successful. So, so many things in that answer I feel like we've been talking about through this week as we've been preparing for this. Um, and, you know, I've gotten so many questions from people who are trying to start a podcast. Um, how do we do it? Just... I thought it would be really beneficial to a lot of people to sit down with you guys um, because I know that we both started around the same time and I have to assume that we've both experienced some of the similar struggles. Um, and people who are thinking about starting podcasts are going to experience those too. So rather than sit by myself and talk about it, I thought that um, you guys would be fun to kind of have the conversation with. And we started with these kind of five points, but we really went in a bunch of different directions, um, you know, online this week, just in our conversations. But we started with commitment. Um, were you surprised? So you told us where the podcast started, where this idea started. Um, but did you have any idea of what kind of commitment podcasting was going to be? I was shocked by how much time it would take. And as Rania said, we're both so hardworking. And I was mentioning to you when we started talking, we really have four jobs. Yeah. <laughs> we are mothers and wives first and then we run our business she runs crime stoppers i run the vintage contessa then we add the additional charity work we're doing mm -hmm. in the city to give back and then you add the podcast and every single one of them we want to be the best at and at be a hundred percent at it and that's the hard part is that there's only so much time and then as someone who wants to do well, you could work 26 hours a day yeah. and there's just not that much time. And that, I would say, was the hardest for me was to come to a balance. And over the Christmas break, I sort of had a breakdown over it because I'm, I keep thinking every day we're achieving success, but success really is more followers or success is getting a sponsor or success is... X because it 
because it can be identified in so many ways. And how can I check that box? And we just decided that we can't check all the boxes and we have to have the small ones sort of as you're yeah. saying, and we have to look at what's reasonable and have that be the goal, then this unattainable thing of every week nailing a number or every yes. week getting to this, and that's not, can't be success. And I think that goes a lot to commitment. Well, what are you committing to? You know, for mm -hmm. me, it was never, I want to commit to a podcast that's going to make a million dollars and have two million followers because it's impossible. But I was in my mind saying, I'm going to commit to showing up every, uh, we, we record Thursdays, um, and I'm going to commit to spending time researching the best guests and inviting like guests that we find interesting and researching them and finding interesting questions. And I'm going to commit to working together to put on a great show, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and then push it out there as often as I can and try to naturally build, build, build followers and subscribers and get people engaged. That's sort of how I was defining commitment in the onset. Um, but then you dive in and you realize, wow, this is so expensive, you know, for us, because we don't have sort of the technical abilities that maybe you do. You kind of came in and set up shop completely on your own, which is amazing. We have to hire somebody to do every single piece. And it's like, wow, this is very expensive. Wow. It's taking a lot of time, but how long can we afford to do this? You know, okay, well, we just had the most riveting guest on and it only was viewed 600 times. Like I thought it would be viewed 20,000, you know, and it's kind of readjusting expectations as you go. Yeah. I'm in the exact same spot because I think you go in and you have this big purpose and it actually means something to you and you know that it means something to other people. And so you just want to give it your all. Um, and I, I did all this research on technology and, and, and how podcasts are doing, but I don't think I really did a lot of research on the creation process mm -hmm. and just um, setting those, trying to come up with a plan of, um, you know, how much I was going to commit. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much you guys are spending, but I spent like a ton on equipment. Yeah. I've had to hire photographers or videographers. Um and, you know, spent thousands of dollars. Um, so I think that's really important for people who are getting ready to start a podcast is just how much you're willing to commit. And even though you want to give it 100%, it's okay if you have to give it 80% or if you have to even give it 50%. You know, people are going to tune in. I think what's interesting, Katie, is when from the person's, from the perspective of the person listening, and thinking like, oh wow, this is just streaming live on the radio, on my phone, you know, or I just log online and hear it. Like, it seems so easy. 100%. Whereas like, I watch Houston Life and I'm like, wow, this is impossible. It's like, you need a set and you have to have talent and you have to have cameras and lights and a producer and you have to write a script. And there's like, it just, you can clearly see how much goes into it. But with a podcast, it's like click and listen. Right. So you're forgetting that no, you do. You need to have all of the sound boards and the computers and the microphones and a camera. The marketing. The marketing. The research, the, the booking. All of it and um, a place to go to record. I mean, I know you could probably do it in your bedroom if you wanted to, but you, you, you know, I don't know how guests are going to work, but that's another issue. You know, you, you, there's so much in that goes into it that you don't immediately see, and I think that's a little deceiving. So once you start and you realize, wow, this is I need a set and I need micro and I need and I need all this, it, it becomes a little bit more overwhelming. Yeah, 
But we did talk about just in our, uh, you know, I wrote down a couple tips based on what we emailed. Do your research for sure. Set expectations. Realistic. Realistic realistic expectations. expectations. And I think, Brandy, I believe this one was from you, is to set boundaries for time and money. Yeah, I think it's important. Um, One, I, I mean... Danae has been the one that steers the ship with like the finances. She knows how much everything is. She negotiates the price. But it was, we've even said like, we can't just keep paying in perpetuity these amounts forever. It, it, at some point we've got to decide like, okay, this is no longer worth it. Or we need to have somebody to come in and support or sponsor or fund. Um, I think that's a really important thing to identify before you dive in. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then to know, we've talked about different sponsorships, and then what, if you are sponsored, then how the sponsor affects what you're choosing and your guests, Mm -hmm. and then how that evolves and what impression. So uh, to find a sponsor is not just simple going out and... Mm -hmm that the sponsor's not in conflict with what your guests are or what your own vision is. So mm-hmm. it's it's been a, the whole journey, I think, but it's like any business. You mm-hmm. have to consider that you can't just have a product and sell it. You can't just have a charity and get say and get yeah. support. You have to create the value, which is the physical podcast, and then find out how to sell it. And so it's the production line, and then it's the actual product that has to be good, and then it's how you're selling it and how you're marketing it. So it's, and when you do that in conjunction with all the other things in your life, it it becomes a journey. A journey. But and commit to learn, right? Oh, commit yeah. to learn along yeah. the way. Because you guys are still figuring it out, too. We're totally figuring it out. And we do, you know, even this last week, I'm learning more things about how to open it and how to wrap it up and how to intro us and um, how to manage guests. Like, you know, for me, a big thing is we we have a specific direction we want to follow but how do you make sure the conversation stays within that and totally. doesn't go flat or become boring or kind of go way off tangent where we're kind of wasting time talking about stuff we didn't want to talk about? And how do you redirect and mm-hmm. make sure that the the overall deliverable, which is the podcast and the content and the conversation, is within our mission and yeah. and all of that? I it's mean, a lot of things to think about when you're in the host seat. Yes, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. And then there's like oh, they just said something I never expected. Or, you know, like, yes. do I go on that? Like, do I not go on that? Is that appropriate? Not Always go on it. Am I going to regret, yes. gonna regret Always it? Go on Always it. go on it. From an executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Yes. So I think there's, um, we, we, we talked about, like, mainly five points. There's a couple different places we can go, speaking of redirecting, right? Um, but let's go with authenticity and identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned sponsors, aligning with that, but... You guys have a very clear mission statement um, and with such a saturated market, um, not even just with podcasts, right, but with YouTube and social media, there are so many avenues to get content and get conversations to start. Um, So in my opinion, it's more important than ever to have that really solid identity um, and to stay true to it throughout. But 
How did you guys define that in the beginning? Um, you know, how did you really come into the meaning of the podcast, and how did you plan on deliver? How did you plan on relaying that message to the audience? Does that make sense? Well, I think the authenticity, we wanted to keep it true to who we were and what we, our interests were and the fact that we really believed that there were a lot of women and men who shared the mixture of our interests. Mm -hmm. And we literally looked for guests that we could have conversations with that touched on those interests. Um, and we've had people approach us and say, hey, I'd like to be a guest. And it's like... Um, we love you and adore you and want to work with you in so many ways, but maybe not for the podcast because what they bring to the table really is wonderful, but not in line with what we're talking about. And we right. want to stay true to, to that mix of public safety, pop culture, you know, news, fashion, family, politics, all of it. Um, I will say that it was Joanna Coles who um, was visiting the Crime Stoppers Gala last October. She's this chief content officer for Hearst Magazine, you know, the British New Yorker, whose I love. And she, she helped add a little shape to it because she said, play on the fact, and I don't know if play is the right word, but don't shy away from the fact that you're Texas girls. And maybe I'm a Bostonian, maybe she's Italian, you know what I mean? But we are in Texas and very much Texas girls. She said, play on that. Mm -hmm. And so we actually incorporated that into, you know, we're, we're two women from Texas who care about faith, family, fashion. And um, I, I think that actually was a good, good addition. Mm -hmm. I, I think that made it a little bit more unique. Mm -hmm. Yes. I really loved that yeah. addition to make to it because we don't look like what people perceive Texas women to look like. I guess they... I don't know. It's such a diverse city, but you're right. Growing up in Ohio, oh, yeah. you think everybody wears big yes. hair, big cowboy hair. boots, cowboy, yeah. yes. and aquanet hair. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. With uh, lots of makeup and, yeah. and it's uh, and big accents. And I mean, bless I your heart every five seconds. And, yes. You know. Honey, sweetie, darling. Uh, which Let's we not certainly knock a can't. little sweetie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or bless her heart. Bless her heart, which I've learned is a, is yes. a backhanded insult. Yes. But you're really be. good with those backhand. And then yeah. I learned that I'd been saying as a Texas girl at wrong. It's not big hat, no cattle. It's um, all hat, no, no cattle, cattle, which, which, hat, which no means cattle. that you have nothing to back up what you're Ooh. saying. Yes. Yeah. I, we learned that. I learned that. Yes. The other day, the, just yes. this week. But the other thing we're trying to do is we feel like it's such a politically charged climate right now mm -hmm. that we want to talk about politics without being political on either side. Yeah. So we want to address issues without we don't want anyone to know where we stand politically. We just want to represent facts and then talk about how it relates to family, faith, and friendship and community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we also ask our guests to talk about faith, mm -hmm. whatever that is, wherever that comes from, without any judgment there, mm -hmm. because we feel like that's a big part. The spiritual journey that people are on is a big part Matters. of what where they are mm -hmm. and 
welcome all of that. So I feel like that's probably the other difference is the Texas version, the faith version, and then anti-political. Mm-hmm. And not feeling like we have to be pigeonholed into a conversation. Yeah, that was an interesting point too. Um, have you ever felt like you said the wrong thing or that you might say the wrong thing, you know, or, or I did once. Everything what? is did recorded. You? I said something when we were talking about the Catholic Church. Oh, yes. I quoted something that my yeah. dad said, and yeah. then I felt badly mm. to put his voice into something. Mm-hmm. So Speak we took him. that out of. But I I feel like we are so grounded in our thoughts and emotions and opinions mm-hmm. that we don't need to walk back. But I'll tell you when I was most nervous, we had Joanne King Herring on and she is, you know, a a historic legacy, a legend. She's an avid Trump supporter. She's all for the border wall. She is um, unbelievable. And I found myself so, because I just, I am so impressed with women who, whatever their story, they just break through and right. keep going and the mm-hmm. hard work and her determination. But I, I was found myself really scared about how do I ask the question? I don't want people to think I agree. I don't want people to think I disagree, but I don't know if, how to ask it. And right. so it was, it was a learning experience for me. And I also felt that I didn't want to set her up Mm-hmm. For anything for negative. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, Joanne, you know, you've talked about wanting the border wall. And I could hear people be like, that's why we, da, 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 terrible, mm-hmm. racist, blah, blah, And I said, but you're coming from the perspective of, you know, caring for the people that are coming through and knowing that women and children, once they cross, will just be victimized with no recourse once they're in the state. What do you think? And it, she actually gave such a beautiful, thoughtful answer. Agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. And I... And I actually had somebody email me who was a huge, they, I mean, I was shocked. And he said, how insightful. I learned so much. I never thought about it that way. I assumed if you were for it, you are plain and simple, a hateful, awful person. And her answer allowed me to hear it differently. To quote Danae, always, she talks about hearing things differently. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud in that moment. And... Um, I want to be able, even though it's scary, mm-hmm. to have conversations that we're technically not even allowed to have anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. We're There's literally so much hostility. not allowed to have them. But in a way that somebody could say, oh, wait a minute, let me go back to like common sense or even just humanity and hear you. And I might disagree, but I get it. I get why you think it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You're not a terrible person. I get it. I completely disagree, but I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, or I completely agree, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's been an important thing for me. You guys, I mean, that's pretty much um, what you said when we first sat down. Here you are, two different people, two different careers, two different worlds who have a common denominator. And all mm-hmm. it takes is kind of that open mind or the open ear to find the common denominator. Um, between two people, no yeah. matter how big their differences are, there's always a common denominator, um, whether it be the fact that we're just living on this planet together. Yeah, um, have to share it. <laughs> right, right. So that can be really powerful. How about being in the fashion industry um, or caring about fashion? Talk about a saturated market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've become an influencer society where you, you post your outfits, um, 
And a lot of times there's not um, a lot of substance behind it, right? You guys are giving a voice to fashion in my mind um, that's maybe always been there for a lot of people, but um, has remained surface level. And you both have daughters. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to like really be giving fashion more purpose or style more purpose? I am so aware of it that Bella and I wrote a children's book when she was six. And the premise of the book, when we started it, was a mother and daughter planning a charity event, having grandiose luxury items all around them, and then finding in the end, life is about special moments with friends Mm -hmm. and not about all the other hoopla. And then in the process of writing the book, Bella chose my uh, goddaughter, Scarlett, to be the other girl in the book. Scarlett was diagnosed with cancer, so we incorporated pediatric cancer into the book. So I think that's the best example of what real life is, is that, or that I want life to be. It's about grandiose things, and then in the process of all these beautiful things that you can buy and have around you and have with you, that life happens and cancer comes along. And in the end of the book, I'm going to give it away. Oh, they spoiler end up, alert. It's a spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> they end up playing in the laundry room at the hotel because the dogs jumped on the cake and ruined their outfits. Mm-hmm. And they're playing hide the and seek thing. in the, the laundry it's room the at the hotel thing. and not in the ballroom with all the elegant guests because they're just kids in the end. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to remind ourselves, and for me and my business, We sell luxury goods that are pre-owned. So oftentimes we're selling to people as they're acquiring things in life, but then we're buying from people as they have loss and they need money and they're getting rid of things. So I see it so clearly every day, this attachment to fashion, that it can create happiness and it can create fun and expression and a way of differentiating yourself, especially with the vintage good that not everyone else is going to have. Unique piece. But at the same time, as we opened with, that we are going to be talking about fashion and then the next second we're going to talk about what really matters, which is what's happening in our schools and sex trafficking. So I think that... The main thing we wanted to do, and especially with our inaugural event last year, the Women Who Shape Houston, is coming together with this amazing influencer, Caroline Knapp, and the incredible fashion designer, Hunter Bell. That we are women of fashion, but we are making a change in our community, and we are coming together to create this change. And I'll send it over to Renya, but that's the way she's grown Crime Stoppers yes. is by expanding it to these flippant, uh, and I say that jokingly, women of fashion. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because, you know, I'll use my sister in, as an example. She started a fashion magazine, and through the course of it, you know, I always said, Nash, I know you love fashion, but you're always in black all day, every day, like a typical Northeastern person. And she said, yes, but it's it's such an influential market. And people don't understand how big of a business it is. Yes, we're talking about clothes or glasses or earrings and bags, but these are major commodities that move millions, if not billions of dollars and shape 
economies. And in New York, for example, it's a major, it's like right under, you know, the financial markets. It's the fashion industry. Yeah. So she said, I'm doing it from a business perspective. But I always found that so, so fascinating because when she was doing it, it was also the time when Angelina Jolie was like flying to Africa and you had George Clooney flying, you know, to, to Burma or wherever he was going to talk about the problems there. And you could see the power of influencers. So when I started with Crime Stoppers, I, you know, remember telling the board at our gala, I want to have Barbara Walters come. And they were like, why? She will never come, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, you know, why? And I said, because her name. Mm -hmm. Her name. Somebody's going to say, like, oh, Crime Stoppers gala, not interested. And then I said, we're going to call it dinner with Barbara Walters. We sold out. Yeah. because of the power of, of, of that. And then when I went to the women of Houston, you know, it always bothered me that people kind of said, well, they're just fashion girls. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that's so silly because just because they, they appreciate the way they look or dress or the bag on their arm doesn't mean that there's no substance. And in fact, it's quite opposite. A lot of the people in the fashion industries, they're the ones that moved, you know, fundraising for HIV. They're the ones that created a whole arts market. They've cared about kids in Africa. They've cared about, you know, the list literally could go on and on. Pediatric AIDS and cancer and all of it. Rape, sexual assault, the Me Too movement. Me Too Again, movement. Agree, agree or disagree on the concepts, but let's look at the power to move the needle. Right. You can't underestimate that and or make little of it. So there is great power in women um, of all kinds, but especially, I think, not especially, I think there's there's great power in general. I just don't like that people minimize, if you care about fashion, eh, you probably have no substance. I find it to be the exact opposite. Right. Well, you guys are truly giving a platform to women who want to look good and also have smart smarts and be <laughs> yeah. active and be activists. So it's really, really awesome. Thank you. Um, one of the things that I think you guys are probably experts on is creating community. Mm. Um, it, it seems that you've done it in, in business life and personal life, um, through giving back and all these things. And I'm curious to know how um, you've been able to incorporate these communities that you've created in Houston and, and furthermore around the world, around the country, um, into the podcast world. If you've had to, if you feel like you've, you're starting from scratch almost to create a podcast community or how the two have compared, it's kind of a I mean, I know that I, so one of my chief, you know, I think I always say Danae's like our CFO, you know, she kind of thinks of the business side and thank God she does because it's not at, at all what I can do. But I am tasked with finding guests and really researching them and making sure it's true to our mission. And I feel, you know, what, I've literally gone to our community. That's the first place I've started here and abroad and have had so many people say because of all you guys have done for us. We're ha I mean, you have two followers. I'm there. I don't care. You know, like we're so lucky. We don't. We have, you know, we've had great numbers, but they don't care about that. It's like you guys are, you've contributed. You both have contributed so much. We're happy to show up for you now. Um, and then you look at the followers, that type of community. And, and we're doing it very organically. I think, you know, we've maybe done one paid boost. And, and otherwise, it's people in Danae's circle, people in my circle, sharing on her end, sharing on my end, and helping us translate our real communities and networks from business or crime stoppers into the podcast. But yeah. it will take more time. 
Mm-hmm. And I found that building my business, uh, I started in the construction industry. I worked there for 22 years. And back in the 90s, we just called it networking. And you'd right. go to a networking event, and you'd get everyone business cards and put it in your Rolodex. Yeah. I mean, how much is I it? I still have, actually, a little business card book. I mean, you call do. me crazy, but... That's great. I don't know. I still like... I mean, our cards are great. I feel like it's important to have a, a card that has texture, because I think that represents who you are significantly. Let's bring but, it back. But um, I think that... Uh, I found it so interesting. I think both of you and Renya are better than, uh, or do it in a way that I haven't done, is you reach out to new people. And when you were saying that you asked a new person to go to coffee every month, and she definitely would search out people in the community. I was more about searching out events that I thought would be the right space and then meeting people at those events and then finding who I felt most connected with and then staying in touch with them and then evolving it. But I have to say, I was really impressed by a woman a few years back who's very active in the art community and she reached out to me and invited me for tea at her home is that such a southern thing to do I love it though. and we went and just she said I want to get to know you better and then someone else recently said I know you I see you and we neither of us have time but I want to get together to talk so I feel like we all have to that's the best way to grow your community is by individually developing relationships But also by doing what you love, I remember when I was trying to, I mean, Rob and I married late in life. I was 37. So I spent so much time going to events, like in an effort also to find someone to share my life with. And I would go to things that I enjoyed. And I feel like that's when you meet people. I mean, I met a great friend, Varda Drawer, Mm. waiting in line at Christian Louboutin to get my shoes signed. I mean, what a frivolous event, but she is such an avid uh, giver in the community and has been a great supporter, and it's so fascinating to learn about her heritage. She's from Israel, so it's, I, I also think it's great in my industry and in our city, we are so multifaceted. Mm-hmm. I have friends that are Vietnamese, that are from Pakistan, that are from India, that are we have so many cultures here, and I feel like that's what also has created this amazing community, and that's what I see at Crime Stoppers too. There's such a diversity of people from community, and I don't see that in every... When I look at people from my high school, their friend group can sometimes yeah. still be the their friends from high school. I, yeah. I think we all see that on Facebook with our high school friends. Makes me a little sad. <laughs> yes, and so our no, our, I mean it's great, but yes, everybody's so, got their thing. Yes, everybody's got their. But thing. you become more, you recognize, you become very grateful about how fortunate we are to live in such a rich, not wealth-wise, a rich mm-hmm. community of cultures and differences and perspectives. It, it's amazing. Um, moving here and going to the grocery store for the first time, I was like. What language are they speaking? Oh my gosh! Like, look at look at that outfit. You know, she's yeah. she's dressed to the nines to go to the grocery store next to the person who wore sweatpants next to the person that's 
speaking Arabic. And yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, I've never lived in a place like this. How special are we to, how fortunate are we to be able to experience these things just by going to the grocery store? Um, in mentoring some younger, uh, I, I say kids, but just younger professionals or people that are going through college, um, always very curious about networking and meeting people. And I've always advised mentees to be very uh, respectful of somebody's time, of mm. somebody's resources, of somebody's um, knowledge base, not to take advantage of somebody's skill set. What would you say to you know the generation that's predominantly growing up online where networking may happen over the internet? Just general advice for building a community, whether they have to move to a new city to start a new job or just are realizing that they'd like to build up their um, their communities. Well, I mean, I have had a similar conversation with my nephew who's in town this week. And, you know, he keeps saying, I just want more followers on Instagram. I just oh. want more followers. And I said, well, tell me, what does that mean and why? And he said, well, it's a measure of my success. Mm. So I found it very interesting that, you know, you're looking at high school kids who care about um, numbers, like like the stock market, you know, but there's no real depth to anything. They don't know who these people are. They don't care actually who these people are. They just want to, sh <laughs> to be able to show that a lot of people are interested in them. Right. Um, and I've, you know, been talking to him about well, what is it going to mean when you're in college? And what is it going to mean when you're out of college and you're working? What if you were to spend time? And actually, he flipped it on me and said, well, you have a lot of connections. I said, well, let me tell you how I get my connections, why I have connections. For me, it's about sharing the mission of my work, first of all. I, the more people that I'm connected to are able to learn about the work of Crime Stoppers. But also, like on platforms like LinkedIn and others, I look very strategically for networks that I can invest in and can invest in Crime Stoppers or invest in, and, and really, I really do it for work. Um, and building a thoughtful community with contacts yeah. that I hope to meet one day and engage or work with or partner with or have at an event for us or go to an event for them. It, the internet and that sort of online platform can both be a wonderful tool and a frivolous tool. You just have to know what it, you just have to decide how you want to use it. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with age. Mm -hmm. And I really learned so much when I, again, going back to my roots of starting my networking, being in the construction industry, the toughest group was this a group of uh, leaders for the Associated General Contractors, and they were my father's peers. And I would walk into a room of 50 men and maybe one other woman and me, and they were 60 years old, and I was 20-something. Yeah. And I would sit at a table and need to talk to them and find something meaningful to say. So I just think it's important to put yourself in so many different places and to learn how to talk to so many different groups. I learned that then too. I would at one point be meeting with a, a client that had a $6 million stone contract and then the next moment I'm in our shop talking to the guys that are physically doing the work, trying to inspire them to keep working and then the next moment I'm with a builder on set and then I'm talking to an architect that's technical. So I think that 
is what the internet has changed, is this ability to have real conversations and find connection with people that you don't know and you don't know how to talk to them. And I also love, as you're saying, this community. When I grew up, uh, it was mostly Hispanic, African-American, and white. I didn't have a lot of different cultures that I was exposed to. I went to Texas A&M University, not a lot of cultures there. Now my daughter is in class and experiencing and seeing my friends and I'm taking her to events where there are people from around the world and I'm sharing with her their culture and I'm trying to talk about that. And I think that's so important. They might read about it in school, but I think to experience it changes and to be able to understand that the waiter is more important as important to talk to and the guy sweeping the floor as it is to know the guy that seated you at the good table at the restaurant yeah. Yeah. is this understanding of the importance of everyone in life mm-hmm. which might be off no I love that no I, I've been given the advice like on job interviews or when interviewing somebody right to let them sit in the lobby for a while and then afterwards go ask the receptionist or whoever's working the desk that day, Mm -hmm. what did they do, you know? And um, I think that's really telling of people Mm -hmm. how they're going to treat your receptionist is Mm -hmm. very, uh, you want them to treat your receptionist how they're going to treat your client, how they're going to treat the people that are... The (laughs) CEO. Exactly. And um, so I, I do make a very valued effort to try and connect with people. I think the point that you both made is like, sure, it can start online. We mm-hmm. both have online podcasts, mm-hmm. right? We're yeah. starting this conversation online, but it needs to continue in person. Um, it needs to continue with meaningful relationships um, to really, really make an impact, right? And that's, I guess, the other thing that I forgot to mention is we wanted to give people solutions to problems or we wanted to empower them for change in their community and not feel like oh well I'm not Renya and I'm not Danae and I don't have their resources but it doesn't matter who how connected you are it doesn't matter who you know you can go to your school and try to find out how you can get school safety there you can go reach out if you're in Houston you could come join us to stop fight sex trafficking to fight sex trafficking through Crime Stoppers. There's so many. We want to empower people to be the change that they want and not to just listen and say, oh, that's a horrible problem. I feel like when we listen to the news, we just hear all the problems and we don't talk about solutions. Totally. And that's something else that we really try to offer with every podcast is a solution Mm -hmm. or a way to create the connectivity in their world. I've never agreed with anything more. I mean, being in the news business, um, a huge reason for getting out of news and and moving more towards lifestyle is it's not solutions-based, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really feel like being in lifestyle, we kind of have a platform to highlight um, and give time to more causes and really talk about the root of the problem. I say more time. It may only be five or six minutes, Mm -hmm. but it's not 30 seconds. Yeah. so we came up with a couple other points, and unfortunately, we got to cut it short. But um, uh, 
we talked about um, commitment, mm-hmm. um, doing your research and ma- making sure to set boundaries and set expectations. We talked about the importance of authenticity um, and having identity and purpose with your podcast. And then we also just finished up talking about your community yeah, and building it. Um, we had two more, so I'll recap those um, in a later recording. But from you guys just giving advice to anybody who's wanting to start, you've got one line. <laughs> I'll give you two. But what, what would you say to somebody who's just thinking about it? I'd say have a clear understanding of what your podcast personality will be and commit to seeing it through. Do you really want two lines? <laughs> two lines is I'm good. I'm like, I really wanted to stick <laughs> No, that to was that. good. That was good. I mean, I can elaborate, but that's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. What she said. <laughs> no. Ditto. Uh, Retweet. Yeah. Uh, sh- I would say have a realistic expectation of what your goal is and really analyze what that is and what the cost is, what the time is, and make sure everything moving towards that goal is in line with your authentic self. I think that's probably true for a lot of things in life, right? <laughs> yes. 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 It could be for anything. For anything. For Find anything. your North Star and just keep, keep like going. chugging. Go in there. Hauling butt to get there. Well, um... I will admit that I am a a very healthy dose of jealous um, that you guys have each other. Um, You seem to have a really great relationship, and I I can tell that you guys rely on each other a lot and um, a healthy amount of jealous. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys are fun to listen to. Where can people go to find more information, find all the amazing podcasts that you've already done? Styling, it's easy, stylingsocialjustice.com. Um, our Instagram is at stylingsocialjustice. Our Facebook is stylingsocialjustice. We kept it very easy. Um, yeah. And we do want people to follow us and to hear the podcasts and comment and share and, and then send us ideas of topics they want to hear about. I think that we're always looking for um, interesting content. Good. I'm proud to be in this podcast community with you. Um. We're proud to be in it with you. Well, you know, we were talking um, briefly before we started just about that idea of competition, right? Mm -hmm. Very saturated market. Seems like everywhere you turn, somebody's doing a podcast. Um, And I think there's just such an opportunity to lift each other up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It's not about stepping on each other's toes or comparing or saying, oh, there's only a certain amount of followers and I need to have them. I think um, any way that we can support women and support our communities and support each other, we need to do it, right? Agreed. So I appreciate you guys coming in and supporting me and supporting the community. And I don't know if I'm rambling now, but... No, I, I, think, I think there's think always important. room for good people everywhere. And that was another reason that I <laughs> became to trust Renya so much is she's the best example of an executive director that's not so concerned of keeping her donors and volunteers only to herself. She believes in the good. And she connects everyone and she's not worried about 
Uh, um, certainly, we want to raise the most money for Crime Stoppers, but totally. we work with Houston 20, and we work with so many different groups. Even at the events where we're fundraising for Crime Stoppers, we're talking about different yeah. events mm-hmm. and different people because it's together that we achieve success, and there's always room for good people doing good things at any table, mm. in my opinion. And that that's true for whatever industry you're in, as long as good people are supporting each other, there's, to me, only good that comes of it. Yeah, and I always tell my kids, if we can all rise, it benefits everybody. I don't need to be concerned with building myself up. And I, and I also say, the most confident person in the room is usually the one that can be the most self-deprecating. You know, it's, it's not about that. If we are so excited to be in the podcast community, to share it with you, we want to promote you and share your podcast with everybody we know. And again, the more of us that are doing this and adding important content, the Mm -hmm. more people are going to be drawn to the podcast world. And that's a win-win for everybody. Love that. The rising tide lifts all ships or what is that? Mm -hmm. And there's always room for good people doing good things. I think that's going to be my mantra for the day. And for life. For life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you. I end every podcast with a high five. You want to... High five. High five. (laughs) I love high fives. Such a nerd. No, we're with you. We love it, too. Okay. Thanks, guys. There's always room for good people doing good things. If you follow me on social media, you're about to see that quote. Super quotable. Love it. All right, so we got through the first three points. Number one, decide what you're willing to commit. We're talking time. We're talking money. We're talking resources. Just do your research. Set some boundaries. Know what you're committing to. Number two, be authentic and intentional. There's a saturated market with a lot of fake stuff going on out there. What's going to help you stand out if, is if you just are 100% yourself and are 100% honest and transparent with your audience about why you are doing what you're doing. Number three, your community is everything. Lean on them, network, build it, grow it. Your community is everything. Number four, the point that we did not get to define what success means to you. This is huge, 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 huge. Um, Success for some people is going to be number of listeners. It's going to be for others, number of social media followers. It's going to be for others, the amount of money that you can make. Um, You just have to know going in what success is to you. Um, because there are a lot of ways in which you can be let down. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it is a very saturated market. Um, I think I read some statistic that there were like 600,000 podcasts available um, for listening. So there are some very successful podcasts um, to go in thinking that you're going to get millions and millions of views may not be the smartest um, way to go into it. But if you define success as just being proud of your product or reaching even just one person, I guarantee that you're going to be really, really, really happy in the end. And number five, number five may seem silly, but you can. 
Simply, you can. You can do it. Um, I can't tell you guys how much I have personally doubted myself in this journey. I know that you think, oh, well, Katie's in media seems like a given, but it's 100% not. Uh, I had no idea what podcasting took. I had no idea about the technical abilities. I had no idea that I could push myself so hard. For every time I've doubted myself, I've been able to conquer it. And, you know, Danae and Renya, super successful women, as you found out, in so many different ways. But they've never been podcasters before. And look at them. They launched this amazing, amazing podcast. So... Number five is you can. You can do it. Visualize success. Believe in yourself. I believe in you. And I know that you're going to succeed. So I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. Maybe it is inspiring to you. Maybe you're not trying to start a podcast, but you're thinking about maybe starting a blog or starting some sort of creative outlet that puts you at the center. I think all five of these tips could be very, very helpful to you um, in any endeavor that you may be ready to start. So, y'all, that's it. That's all I got for you today. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, Don't forget to follow us on social media. And by us, I mean me. Follow me on social media at Coffee with Katie Pod. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three currently exist. I would love, oh my gosh, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Maybe give me like a little rating or a comment. Um, Only if it's positive though. Yeah, only if it's positive. Okay, well, I hope that you have a great Monday or whatever day you're listening to this. And uh, don't forget to be nice to people and, you know, just be a good person doing good things. Over and out.